Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Today we're going to finish our series called Wild Waters, and I want to talk today, the message title is called Immersive Experiences. Immersive experiences would be self-explanatory. <clears throat> I was reading um, kind of a prophetic thought out of Ezekiel this week. And Ezekiel 46, I'm not going to have you turn there, but at the end of Ezekiel 46, Ezekiel the prophet is having a, he's having like a guided tour in a vision. And it's a guided tour of the future of God's people, the future of the church. And he sees the temple. And I thought it was really powerful that in the last verse, couple of verses of Ezekiel 46, the angel begins showing him this tour and he finishes in what he called the kitchen where the sacrifices are prepared. The kitchen where sacrifices are prepared. To me, that was all about worship. The place where sacrifice prepared. And suddenly, when he's showing him the kitchen where these sacrifices are prepared, he, the very next scene, he sees water pouring into the temple. Now we're in Ezekiel 47. I'm going to read from verse 3 to 5 and 8 to 9. We're going to kind of move through it. And when the man, the angel, went out to the east, where the line is there, remember the east always speaks of the dawning of a new day. Whenever the Bible talks about going east, it's talking about going toward the future, not hanging in the past. Okay? So when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and then he brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000, brought me through the waters, the water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000, brought me through, and the water came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000, it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. Now down to verse eight, this thing starts developing and the angel says to Ezekiel, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley, into the lower places, and then enters the sea. And when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. Its waters are healed. In other words, it's not healed when it's first hitting the church. It's healed as it flows through the church. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, this is really key, it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. There will be a great, very great multitude of fish because these waters go there, for they will be healed. And everything will live wherever the river goes. Psalm 42, <clears throat> from the Passion Translation, verse 1 and 2 says this. The psalmist writes, I long to drink of you, O God, to drink deeply from the streams of pleasure flowing from your presence. My longings overwhelm me for more of you. My soul thirsts, pants, and longs for the living God. 
I want to come and see the face of God. A few verses later from the New King James says in verse seven, deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night, in dark seasons, his song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I love what the Passion Translation says at the beginning of verse seven. My deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. Let's pray together one more time. Father God, would you come and move in this place? Holy Spirit, as we have sung, we open ourselves up to the spirit of Jesus, the flow and the outpouring of your love and mercy that we need. Come and move in this place and heal everything that the water touches. In Jesus' name, amen. We started off talking about Jesus' baptism in the beginning of this month and how the heavens opened. The Spirit of God literally descended upon him. <clears throat> Pardon me, and God the Father spoke about his pride and joy in his son Jesus and identified him. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Two weeks ago, we started talking about how crucial the presence of God is to our faith. We said that there are layers and levels of heavenly atmosphere like rungs on a ladder, spiritual climates of openness, or other places that feel like brass walls blocking you from God. But I wanna remind you, thankfully, Jesus, as he hung on the cross, the moment he said these words, it is finished. The Bible says that something supernatural happened a couple of miles away. In the temple, there had been this giant, thick curtain, <clears throat> a veil that separated the inner court from the Holy of Holies. It was, it was a place that a high priest could only go in once a year after much consecration and much cleansing. And as Jesus said, it is finished. The Bible says something happened that the veil, it was made of skins. This was not made of Kleenex. This was thick. The Bible said it was ripped in two. Very important, from the top all the way to the bottom. God cut that curtain. God, through Jesus, says to you and to me, access granted. Access granted, come on in. I wanna just kinda close the month with just a few prophetic thoughts we're headed into next week is our 32nd anniversary. In fact, May 1st is a, uh, is a Sunday this year. We hardly ever get that. Our uh, actual anniversary, we started May 1st, 1990. I was 10 years old and we just... <laughs> oh, no. be impossible. Um, in our old, what we used to do, annual softball games... We used to do an over 30, under 30. That first year was the only year I was in the under 30. So I'll put it that way. But it's so important that as we celebrate, I just wanna kinda give you, I believe last week wasn't just crowds came because we put some announcements on Facebook. Or 
because we had a nice program for the kids. Those are, those are, Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men if you follow me. And so as fishers of men, you gotta learn to use the right bait. Okay, so we're, so we're trying, we're, obviously we're trying to put our best foot forward and, and do something that would rally people and bless the community, but also draw them in to hear the message. Amen. And I'll tell you, last week, <clears throat> I didn't feel super clever about it, to be honest with you. I felt, I felt, I felt inspired by God that this was a, I, I mean, the whole message, if you look online, if you didn't get to see or be part of last week, the whole, the whole message was probably under 15 minutes, which was a miracle for me. The mirror. I just can't clear my throat in 15 minutes. But it was the clearest, most simple presentation of the gospel, I think, that I've ever given. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't ours. Sometimes we get so complex on Easter and Christmas that especially people coming in from outside, they have no clue what you're talking about. And last week, I just felt like, no, let's just break it down. And I believe what we saw here at the end of first service, at the end of second service, by the way, first service, we had an invitation like we do. People raise your hands. And, I, and, and it was interesting. There were certain, certain important things I want you to recognize about last week. We talked about them a little bit on Wednesday night with, with the people that are precious folks come on Wednesdays. But um, when Pastor Lindsay's up here and he knows the room is filled with a lot of, let's call them pre-Christians, a lot of lost people looking, hurting and broken, or backsliders, people that have gotten away from God. And you see, we've just been so, we're trying to hold people's hand and show them, here, here's where we're headed. Here's where. So last week, during the praise and worship, Pastor Lindsay said, now normally I say, lift your hands if you feel comfortable enough. But I'm just gonna tell you, lift your hands up. If, you're, if you were here, you remember that. <clears throat> that's a spirit of boldness on, on him, okay? So he said, he, he, you know, and some people, you know, some people were deer in headlights. Some people just didn't know what to do. Some people kept their hands in their pockets. That's okay. But the point is, last week, we, were, we, we weren't putting on a show. We were authentically who we are. In fact, normally in Easter, when we're talking about it after, uh, after church at our family Easter dinner, Pastor Lindsay said, yeah, he said, you know, I just felt this year do full-on worship like we normally do instead of all specials. Normally we would cut, we'd do worship a, a few minutes and then we would have um, a few specials and then I would get up and share the word and then we'd throw the net. Um, in the old helicopter candy drop days, people were just kind of waiting for the helicopter. Well, you know, where's the helicopter? I want to see the helicopter. So it was a kind of a different thing. But this year, it just, I believe God's doing something, folks. I believe God's doing something. I, I'm gonna, I don't even have this in my notes. I, I've got a couple things written down for myself. <clears throat> but I'm gonna tell you real quickly, three things I think God is up to right now, post-COVID, okay? Post-COVID world. Number one, purifying his bride. Washing us in the water of the word. He's setting us apart for his holy purpose to be deployed into action. Number two, he's preparing his church. So he's purifying the bride of Christ, but he's preparing his church to be the doorkeepers, to open up the way of the Lord, prepare the way of the Lord 
Make his path straight. And number three, he's positioning his kingdom. Not just here, worldwide. Activation of God's functional system of doing what he does. The kingdom of God is God's operating system. And I believe right now we're in an, you know, if you have an iPhone or whatever the equivalent is with the other companies, um, if you don't update your OS, your operating system, when they say it's time to, oper- to, to upgrade and to update, in a few weeks, some of your stuff doesn't work. And I believe we're headed to days and things and places that we've never been before. Not just in building our building, but spiritually. At the end of second service, when I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't coax anybody to raise their hand. I didn't beg anybody to raise their hand. I didn't even count to three like I usually do if if I'm trying to really press it in and get people to really consider. I just said, if you want Jesus, if you want God in your life, or you want to come back to him and rededicate your life, then put your hand up. I want to pray for you. Second service, was there anybody in the room? I know you're a first service crowd. Anybody was here second service? Can you verify that at least 50% of the room raised their hand? And then when we finished, I prayed for the people, a general prayer like I did first service, and I walked off. Pastor Chris came up to give announcements. And I got down right there, and the Spirit of God said, you're not done. I was like, uh-oh. You know, post-COVID, we, have, we haven't laid hands on people in a long, long time. I mean, just six months ago, people wouldn't necessarily even want to come up. So I came back up and I said, sorry, Pastor Chris, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just sensed that the Holy Spirit wants to do something. If you, were, if you raised your hand, would you stand up where you are and come to the front? Whew. There was no shoehorn. There was no prod. There was no kick in the butt. It was just like, I put it just like that. Did I, it, those of you here, is that right I did it? But, I mean, people came. Now, invariably when people come to church for Easter, even responding to a message, they would be like, um, you'd have a few whose mom made them come to church. Let's be honest. And if they raise their hand and mom saw them, now they're up at the front and they're just going like, everybody at the front was engaged. They weren't looking at me and Pastor Chris, Pastor Lindsay. They were up here And in the presence of God, people began to cry before we could even pray for them. Somebody right here got on their knees. Uh, An older couple was standing right here and I walked up and I just grabbed his hand and said, can I pray for you? And as soon as I grabbed his hand, the Lord said, loss. I said, sir, you've been through a tremendous loss and God wants to restore you. And he burst into tears. My daughter-in-law knew that family. She told me after church that there was a family I prayed for. When she described them, I knew it was them. And my daughter-in-law, Jenny, works at the hospital. She's prayed for these people for 19 years. And they said they would come to church for 19 years. And they never came. And they came last week. I hope they'll come back today. 19 years. And, and they told my daughter-in-law, Jenny, the wife said, my husband hasn't cried. 
doesn't cry. All I said was God wants to restore, and he burst into tears. So many things. I, 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 we walked all the way across there to there when I was trying to just, we're trying to get people out to see what was happening outside with the kids before they left. Or we, we, we weren't trying to be doing long services. We don't try to do that on special occasions especially. As I went back down here, I stepped down and a rather tall lady was standing right there and she grabbed my hand and she said, because we were singing at the end of each service, we were singing the song about um, tired of running, running. She said, I'm tired of running. Unprovoked. I just was walking off the platform. Grab my hand. I'm tired of running. I just need God. Now, my friends, we've been praying for 32 years next week for a move of God. And we've been through some splashes. We've been through several waves of God, especially back in the 90s. Even to buy this land when we were just a, you know, a church of 100, 150 people, we bought this land, 24 acres on 441 in 1994. We were four years old as a church. We bought this land by a series of miracles. Price of this land was, right back then even, was about 100,000 an acre. We bought this land for less than 10,000 an acre by a miracle of God. All these things, these waves of God, but I'm telling you, I believe right now God is, what we saw last week, listen, there are, there are elements of revival, okay? The first part of revival is always God dealing with the church, purifying the bride. And I wrote that thought down, by the way, weeks ago. The purifying the bride, the washing in the water by the word. When God starts to wake up that which has become asleep, that what used to be alive, revive. Revive means you revived before, okay? To revive. To revive something is to wake it up or raise it up from the dead, something that used to be alive that fell asleep or died. And so that's revival. But the second part of revival, I believe, scripturally, and church history-wise both, is an awakening of the lost. That the awakening of the church begins to move into the awakening of the lost, of people that didn't realize, they were, they were just ignoring God, and all of a sudden, life happens, and they were, I need God somewhere in this equation. Don't know where to find him, but maybe on Easter, I could go to a church and maybe find God. My friends, this is an exciting day. And the spirit-filled life is like a river. There's a flow to it. There's a rhythm. Wherever you invite, allow, long for the Holy Spirit to move in, for, and through you, he will move in, for, and through you. In John chapter 7, Jesus describes it in the Passion Translation. He said, believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. I told you last year that that word, burst out from your belly or from within you, is the Greek word for womb. That a man and a woman can have a womb spiritually to give birth to what God wants in his purpose on the earth. Rivers of living water flowing 
Traditional religion has promoted a Christian faith void of any actual quality encounters with the living God. Right before we got filled with the Holy Spirit, several of our nice Presbyterian friends and Baptist friends that we knew, here we were hungering for, for God and we weren't telling anybody what was going on, but it was like we were pregnant with vision, pursuing the Holy Spirit. And people started coming around saying, you know, you need to uh, uh, be careful. Don't measure anything by experience. Got to measure it by the word. And that's true, by the way, that's true. But they were trying to say, don't expect any experience or encounters with God, just go with the word. And I would tell you that God confirms his word with signs and wonders and miracles. He did 2000 years ago and he still does today. So anything that cannot be validated with actual experience and encounter, listen, symbolism and ritual replaced intimacy. That's why the churches became religious. And we have the same danger here. Don't, don't, let yourself, don't be fooled. Our style is alive, but it better be more than style. It better be substance of our hearts in pursuit of the living God. It's got to be. Otherwise we can just be whatever. But the Bible says, listen, think about this. The Bible says things like taste, and see that the Lord is good. Taste is an experience. In fact, it's one of my favorite experiences. Amen. How about God inhabits the praises of his people. He comes down and sits in among you. How about through us, he diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Listen to the NIV. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. He always leads us in triumph and uses us, the NIV says, to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. Did you know you smell like Christ? Did you know you smell like him? You look like him, you're being recreated in his image. Every place you go, you don't have to be religious about it or Bible thumping, but live it, live it, love it, move forward in Christ, build your life in him, grow in him, and you start diffusing. People start saying, what is, what's that smell? It's not me. a holy aroma. Do those things sound like religious rituals or ceremonies to you? Not to me. But in the traditional church, we replaced intimacy with ins literal incense. Forms and crosses and high hats and collars and all kinds of stuff. There's a phrase right now being used in several different areas of marketing. It's our title today, Immersive Experiences. Right now, if you were to want to do a post-COVID vacation in the world somewhere, 
There are companies that will not just send you to a destination, but they will give you an immersive experience to experience that culture, that environment, that place, that, that feeling. They'll put you into a place where you actually have an experience. That's one of the trends, that you'll do things completely saturated. Since the invention of immersive virtual reality, some of you might know the, like the VR goggles with the headset, Oculus and stuff like that. If you've ever seen videos of people that are, that are immersed in that immersive virtual reality, it's hilarious. If they're skiing and they're standing in your living room and you're just watching them, it's the most bizarre. I mean, if they hit a tree, you might have a problem with your TV. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's, it's augmented reality. It's, 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 this, it's this sense that I'm there. And what I'm telling you is, in Christ, you are there. Shouldn't we be the best ones at baptism? The problem is we limit baptism to water when the Bible says there are baptisms, including and especially the baptism with the Holy Spirit to be immersive. That's the language of the world right now. We're the baptizers. We're the immersive ones. We, our God invented, let me read you a quote because I try to find out what all this is in common language. Quote, an immersive experience pulls a viewer into another real or imagined world, enabling them to manipulate and interact with their environment. Immersive experiences use a blend of visual, sound, and technology to deliver unforgettable and engaging worlds. One of my pastor friends calls his Sunday services experiences. Are you coming to first experience or second experience? I kind of see the language, I like it. Because it's actual interactions. There's an expectation of discourse between you and the creator of the universe, the living supernatural God who loves you and has a purpose for you. My friends, we're getting to that tipping point. That's what last week was to me. We're at a tipping point where it's not enough to occasionally attend church. We're supposed to experience vibrant, vibrant and dynamic relationship with Jesus. It's not just about going, it's not just about heaven or hell. And I hope that 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 was clear even about last week. This is not just about a heaven or hell issue. Heaven or hell is, is real and you have a choice there. But the problem is we've been taught that that's all that our Christian faith revolves around. Did did you make Jesus Lord of your life? Yes, great, I'll I'll see you at the funeral. What? You missed the whole point. This was to be, as Pastor Chris said earlier, the beginning of something. The initial yes that becomes a series of yeses. What if you got married and thought your marriage relationship, I said I do. I'll stop by when the kids are sleeping. I'll be back when it's fun again. We grew apart. 
if you grow apart from God, you're the one who moved away, not him. God is calling his people to go deeper. And that's what this whole message is about. <clears throat> Where we prophetically as the church, the body of Christ worldwide and local, God is calling his people to go deeper. Get washed by the water of the word, plus be being filled with the Holy Spirit. There was an old Bee Gees song that I grew up in. How deep is your love? I won't sing it for you. It's about the depth. How deep are you willing to go? How deep are you willing to go with God? Are you just gonna be an ankle deep Christian? You just wanna stay in the ankles? Just wanna, just wanna hang out there? Some people have a tendency to stick their toe in the water. Ooh, yeah, we're gonna go swimming. Ooh, that's cold. I'll try again when it gets hotter. Ooh. I'm gonna go to church next week. I sang praise and worship and when he said lift my hands up, I, I put one up to the side. Just put my toe in. Others have a propensity to jump in with both feet before they even touch the water. I'm somewhere in the middle. I like my, I like my pool to be about 84 to 86. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Sorry, I grew up in Florida, anything less. Even to go to the Springs to me at 72 is nice, but that's not me anymore. I used to do that as a kid, but that's not me now. 84, 86. But if my gauge says 84, 86, I'm gonna take a step in, then another step, and then I'll move on in. But you see people all the time. Now my son-in-law, you know him as TK, Pastor TK, we call him TK Boom. Because he is the king of the cannonball at our house in our family. He doesn't just get in, he announces that he is getting in while he's in the air getting in. My friends, the river of life that flows in the scriptures in Ezekiel into the church begins in the kitchen. It begins in the preparation of the sacrifice. It begins with the worship team. It begins with the, with the band. It begins with them when they're rehearsing, when they're planning, when, when P.L. is seeking God. God, what are, the, what are the songs? He's, he's always listening to music. He's always listening to new things. I love that we get to work a song for a few weeks or a few months and, and then revisit that. Um, but I love the fact that he doesn't wear, just wear a song out until it's dead to us. You know what I mean? You've had, we've all had favorite songs. And, and I, I, you know, this shows how, how old I am. You get the 45. This is the time. Anyway, <clears throat> you get the one, so you buy it. And you play it so much because you love the song. And then you play it one time, you go, Ooh, I don't even know what I liked about that song. You kind of, you wore it out. 
Everything begins in the preparation of sacrifice. Hebrews 13, 15 says, therefore by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. When we're willing to enter in and engage with God in our worship, the water of the word and spirit begins to flood, begins to flow, begins to flood the room. In Ezekiel's vision, the angel Lord keeps moving forward and measuring the distance of progress each time. It's exactly a thousand cubits. It's very specific. God is measuring out, and then each time the water gets deeper. And the Bible says, and multitudes of fish are waiting. Multitudes of fish are waiting to, for, for the water to become a river. A couple things and I'm done. First, the deeper you go, the more you grow. The deeper you go, the more you grow. Now, there's some people that will never be deep enough for you because you're so super spiritual. And, and, and uh, my messages will never be deep enough for you because I'm not a theologian. I'm sorry about that, but we're going deeper in the immersion of the experience of the presence of God. And, and we'll give the word, we'll bring the word as best we can, but some people, all they, they say, well, you know, it used to be deeper here. It's not, it's not as deep as it used to be. I like, I like deep, deep messages. Oh, yes, you're so deep. Well, I better stop. I better move on. <laughs> the challenge about growth <clears throat> is to be willing to get where the water is over your head, where you can't touch, where you can't control the experience. The point of total immersion, you can't touch the bottom. This is when faith is more fun. Because it's no longer about you. Think of it, Peter out of the boat walking in the water, defying the laws of physics. Suddenly waves and winds distract them. That's your problem with Peter walking on water? It's too wavy? Crystal clear water is easier to walk on? I don't think so. He begins to sink in panic because he gets distracted from that simple presence that, that command, in the original language, he says, Jesus, if that's you, command me to meet you on the water. Command me. That's a, read the King James. Read some of the original trans, translation there. Command. If that's you, Jesus, speak the word. Command me. So when Jesus said, come, it wasn't a, here, boy, come on. It was, I command you to come to me. And then you're just walking out on the word. But what does Peter do? <clears throat> he begins to sink in panic and he cries out to Jesus, Lord, save me. And I love the scripture there because it says, and immediately, how quick is immediately? I mean, it's, Lord, help me. I got you. Lord, help me. I got you. Lord, help me. Save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. Jesus kept him from going under, and he'll do the same for you, even in the deep water. The faith growth lesson here was not about human belief in God. No, it was 100% about trusting Jesus to catch you even, and especially when you get over your head. 
The more you grow, the more life flows through you. Healing waters. People who want an easy life are like those who want to live in the kiddie pool. Ankle deep. Boy, are you shallow. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Risk. The only thing you find when the water's up to your knees is frogs. Knee deep, knee deep. <laughs> Remember, the closer you get to God, the more you see who he is and who you are in him. You are who God says you are. And when you start getting up <clears throat> past the ankles, to the knees, to the waist, you start swimming, you get out there and you start remembering, yes, I know who he is in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in relationship with him. I, I may not have control. I may not be able to touch or control the situation. I may be over my head, but God's got me. The whole culture is into identity theft, trying to steal your life. You've got to get life lock. Not the, not the product. You've got to get life lock in the Lord. You've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You are who he says you are. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I am redeemed. <clears throat> you're not just a better person. You're an entirely new creation in Christ. You're different. You're God's anointed. You've been smeared with the oil of the Holy Spirit. Final takeaway is this. It's time to quit playing and splashing around the kiddie pool. It's time to grow up. Whether you see yourself this way or not, God says you are a leader. That means you have more influence than you realize. You say, but I'm quiet. I've got a quiet personality. I don't have a lot of friends. Big deal. You are a leader because you're a Christian. You have Jesus in you. You have that influence, but don't waste it. Every leader gets a certain amount of ammunition. But every time you shoot your mouth off or post something that won't make any difference, you're just another barking dog and you're wasting bullets. Sorry for the mixed metaphors. You're wasting energy, you're wasting ammunition. If you waste them, you won't have anything left for the key battles you're supposed to fight and win. My friends, it's time to make a decision. I'm just about praying to receive Jesus. I hope you do. If you never received Jesus, watching online, never received Jesus, this is your moment. The getting on place is, Lord, I give you my life. Forgive me. I've blown it. I was lost. I recognize I am lost, but I need you. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be grabbed, caught, saved, lifted up. But it's time for God's church to shout unto God with a voice of triumph, with one word, cannonball. I'm coming in with both feet. I'm coming in hot and you better move. If you're cold and you don't want your hair to get messed up, back away because I'm jumping in. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We love your word, Jesus. But we thank you that your word is interactive. 
Your word is immersive. Your word is inclusive. Your word is inviting. Your word is loving. Your spirit is good. Father, would you help our church, this church, this house, to be a place of great faith where we, when we hear your voice and sense your leadership, we're willing to jump in with both feet. Father, let those today who are in the ankle deep waters, let them be willing to go another thousand cubits to get to the knees. The knees in scripture always speaks of the prayer life, by the way. Are you willing to let the water come up to your prayer life? The Holy Spirit teaches you to pray, influences you to pray, makes you an intercessor to pray. The waste, the waste, you're halfway in. But this water, this river of God in this house for, the, for these end times is a water that's gonna go over our head and we don't drown. It's gonna go over our head and flow through us into the low places where people are stuck. And it's gonna keep flowing. Listen, the only water that's bad for you as a believer is the stagnant water, the water that's not moving. That's called a swamp. Keep moving, keep growing, keep reaching, keep pressing, keep trusting. All of this place, you need, you, maybe you have a need in your life today. I'm gonna hone in on this. Maybe you have a need in your life right now. <clears throat> something is stuck, something is not flowing, something is off. And you don't even, maybe you don't even know what it is. You need prayer today. I'm not gonna have you come up to the front. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna call you right now to raise your hand up and say, I've got a need in my life. I've got a, a prayer need. I've got something in my life that's stuck and I need God to move. Hands are going up. I see your hand. I wanna pray for you. I'm praying for you right there. Right there. Somebody at home maybe. Father, in Jesus' name, we speak to every area that's been blocked, <clears throat> every area that's been dammed up. <clears throat> we say be released. Let the water, the river of life flow through them into that situation to bring healing wherever that water flows, wherever that river goes, everything in its path is healed. Father, bring healing to everyone whose hand is raised, as everyone whose heart is open. Healing in every area. Bring financial healing. Bring relationship healing. Bring deliverance from addiction. Freedom from guilt and condemnation. Wholeness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
I hope you got something today. Would you put your hands together and just worship God because it's ultimately His word, His promise. I went on a few minutes extra today, but I want to give you that kind of pastor chat prophetic overview because I believe we're in some really strategic times. And this is not a time to be afraid. This is a time to be excited. God is moving. And everything the enemy means for harm, God's turning for good, right? Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. Thank you.